0: Democrats are pinning their hopes to hold on to the Senate on a big old boy from Pennsylvania. Not my words. Elect that big old boy to be governor. Uh no, sir. He's running for senator, but you're right, he is
1: big. People have been trying to label me my entire life. I do not look like a typical politician. I don't even look like a typical person.
0: And this Pennsylvania Senate race is kind of wild. Heart surgeon versus Stroke, Crudite versus Carhart, New Jersey versus Braddock, Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman, how Pennsylvania's big old boy could upend progressive American politics, coming up on Today Explained.
2: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Today Explained, Sean Ramos from here with Katie Meyer. She's a reporter at Spotlight PA, and she's been covering John Fetterman's campaign against Dr. Oz. And there's been plenty to cover, including maybe a new template for progressivism. In the United States.
3: Yes. The idea behind Fetterman's campaign is that he can cross the aisle in these ways that other politicians can't. And so you have him now charting this course that is populist and it's successful in a way that a lot of other Democrats haven't been able to achieve this marriage of progressive policy and working man, every man appeal.
0: Let's talk about Fetterman's origin story. Where does he come from?
3: He's originally from York, Pennsylvania, which is like South Central Pennsylvania. He grew up pretty upper middle class. Um, He actually went to grad school at Harvard. He went to Harvard. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, not to bury that lead. He went to Harvard. He's like, yeah, he's this biker bar looking guy, but he has a graduate degree from Harvard.
0: Is he like kind of like bizarro world Pete Buttigieg, someone who like always knew they wanted to be president one day, but instead of being like. I don't know. This nebbish dude who plays piano and speaks 17 languages. He's like this hulking cargo shorts, tatted up dude who looks real working class.
3: He's pretty different. Part of what he has always said about why he got into politics is that a very good friend of his died in a car accident. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his life at that point. And he ended up joining AmeriCorps, trying to get into some public service stuff. That's when he went back and he got the grad degree from Harvard. And then he moved to Braddock, Pennsylvania, to work in a GED program.
0: The collapse of the U.S. steel industry left this borough in the shadow of Pittsburgh in ruins. Trains don't stop here anymore, storefronts are shuttered, homes crumbling.
3: And very shortly after getting to Braddock in like the mid aughts, he ran for mayor and he won by one vote.
0: He won it by one vote.
3: And then he spent more than a decade as the mayor of Braddock.
0: For those people who do remain in this small town, there is hope and it comes in the form of a very large man.
3: He became known in Braddock as the kind of guy who like, showed up at crime scenes. He was very, very involved in anti-violence initiatives. People would see him out directing traffic with like a traffic vest on. As mayor, he really promoted it. You know, he went on the late night show or whatever Colbert's show was called at the time. When you say
4: your town is is um, open for urban experimentation, um, are, are you, are you taking part in these experiments? Because you look like you received a
1: dose of gamma radiation. <laughs> you're, you're a big man. You're a big man. Thank you
3: for noticing. Yes. Um, no, there was it, like a 2011 New York so Times article uh, written about Fetterman, about Braddock. It was called Mayor of Rust. You know, national media loved it because it's this big interesting looking dude who's the mayor of this small town and actually the dude is really progressive
1: when you consider all the billions and billions that have been thrown at the banking industry uh, i think our community really cries out for again this, this whole notion of social justice and equity that that's really been lost i think in these days
3: i should also say while he was mayor braddock there was this one incident that got a lot of attention this was a time when you know gun violence was pretty bad in the town and fetterman at one point said he thought he heard gunshots near his house when he was out with his kid, he uh, saw a guy running who he says he thought you know shot a gun. It turned out to be an unarmed jogger who was black who Fetterman like detained with a shotgun
1: I believe I did the right thing, but I may have broken the law during the course of it. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly not above the law if, if, if I did. But what I did, I did in a split second in the, out of uh, concern as the father and, and the mayor.
3: And that's been a thing that dogged him a little bit, especially in the Democratic primary this cycle uh, where people were like, you know, that's crazy. That's a racist thing to have done. Fetterman says he didn't know the guy was even black. Um, and so that's, again, been kind of a push and pull with other Democrats. But it, it's also worth noting the jogger, the Philadelphia Inquirer, tracked him down. And he was like, yeah, I would vote for Fetterman for U.S. Senate. I don't hold that against him. So (laughs) sort of a mixed bag on that one.
0: Eventually, he graduates to lieutenant governor of the state of Pennsylvania. And obviously, that's a much bigger platform. What is his suite of policies?
3: Yeah, so a couple big ones. You know, as, as lieutenant governor, he's chaired the pardons board and has been very, you know, anti mass incarceration. Wants to make sure people who were incarcerated a long time ago have opportunities.
1: The most common touchstone that I use to describe to people that have never experienced it is, is like, well, have you seen The Shawshank Redemption? And almost everybody has. And I'm like, well, most of the, these people are like Morgan Freeman's character. It's like. If you think Morgan Freeman's character should have died in prison at the end of the movie, then I, I don't. I got nothing for you.
3: He uh, wants to legalize recreational marijuana. That's been a huge thing for him. Fetterman tweeting this morning:
2: legal weed in PA. Pass it on.
3: Big proponent of organized labor. There's this campaign refrain he's been using for years now: the union way of life is sacred. Um, He wants to pass the Protecting the Right to Organize Act in the Senate. He's pro-gun reform. He wants a red flag law, wants universal background checks, but also... He says he grew up with guns. You know, he's not anti-gun. He understands the value of having guns.
1: As a gun owner myself and an overwhelming supermajority of gun owners want responsible gun ownership.
3: Also really wants to make it clear that he doesn't want to defund the police. He also, over the course of his career, he's kind of gotten more nuanced on fracking, on energy issues. Hmm. He doesn't support a moratorium on fracking, which a lot of progressives in Pennsylvania do.
1: I believe that our party needs to honor the union way of life and safeguard these jobs and acknowledge that we must begin the transfer over to renewables uh, as well.
3: So it's a real grab bag of issues. But the through line, I think, is it's calibrated to appeal to progressive voters and to some more rural working class voters who don't identify as progressive. And that's, you know, the fundamental campaign strategy here.
0: And where does that put him in like the spectrum of, of Democratic platforms in the party?
3: Yeah, I think the way I like to look at it is like Democrats right now, because these parties are so divided, Republicans generally vote for Republicans, Democrats generally vote for Democrats. But then the additional voters, those kind of X factor voters who determine the outcome of an election, they're a little different for Fetterman than they are for many Democrats. So you've seen nationally like Joe Biden when he was running for president, really aiming to get a coalition that included some moderate Republicans, people who wanted politics to feel more dignified and politics to feel, you know, reasonable again and that was a big part of the Biden campaign getting those moderates fetterman what he's going for is a more of a disaffected voter maybe an independent voter maybe a voter who doesn't like, you know, politics as usual feels unrepresented by a lot of mainstream politicians And that's a very different group. And I think that's a huge difference between him and other Democrats.
0: Let's talk about the race. How does that position him against, um, let me check my notes here, Dr. Oz? Pennsylvania needs a conservative who will put America first, one who can reignite our divine spark, bravely
4: fight for freedom, and tell it (laughs) like it is.
3: Oh, yeah, so this—it's a weird race. It's a really weird race. I haven't seen anything really like it, so it's kind of hard to even analyze like how this is going. One of the strange things about it, other than just like you got you know the big old boy and then TV Doctor Mehmet Oz, is that not much of the campaign has been run in person. Huh. Fetterman, you know, he led his primary from the beginning. I'll just say that he was pretty out front. He won every single county in the primary. Hmm. Oz had a brutal primary. Um, he barely got it. It took, you know, weeks to get the results because it was so close. And then in the last days of the primary, Fetterman had a massive stroke.
1: John Fetterman, the now Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate, is celebrating but also recovering in the hospital tonight after suffering a stroke on Friday and being implanted with a pacemaker today.
3: And he was out of commission for months. Basically, all summer he's been off the campaign trail. He's had some aphasia. He's had some issues speaking, although his campaign says it's getting better. But, you know, he's been very active online. And so that's really where a lot of this campaign, especially over the summer, took place.
0: What's he doing online? What's the ground game on, on Twitter dot com?
3: Uh, the ground game on Twitter dot com has mostly just been like aimed at making Dr. Oz look stupid, <laughs> just dunking <laughs> on him as much as he can.
0: Like when he goes to the grocery store for what was it again?
3: It was a crudités. <laughs> yeah, crudités! <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, that was it's a perfect example. Yeah. And for anyone who somehow hasn't seen it, Dr. Oz did this video actually ages ago, and then Fetterman kind of brought it back, <laughs> where he was talking about grocery store prices. He was at a Redner's grocery store, but he like mixed it up with Wegmans and he called it Wegner's.
4: I thought I'd do some grocery shopping. I'm at Wegner's, and uh, my wife wants some vegetables for crudité.
3: <laughs> then he said he was buying crudité for his wife, and like that included.
4: There's some asparagus. That's $4. Yep. And
1: carrots. That's four more dollars. That's $10 of vegetables
3: there. And then we need some guacamole. That's $4 more. And like maybe tequila. Guys, that's $20 for crudite. And this doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous. <laughs> and it didn't make very much sense. Fetterman kind of latched onto the idea that he called it crudite, not a veggie tray, which is what many, many working Pennsylvanians would call it, according to Fetterman. Um, He's also been making fun of Dr. Oz from being from New Jersey. He paid uh, Snooki from the TV show The Jersey Shore to make a video for Oz. I heard that you moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania to look for a new job. And personally, I don't know why anyone would want to leave Jersey because it's like the best place ever and we're all hot messes. Um, But I want to say best of luck to you. So that's really what you've been seeing. He's not treating Oz like a serious candidate or a serious person.
0: How's Dr. Oz hitting back, if at all?
3: So yeah, I think initially, you know, him and his team maybe weren't completely ready to deal with this kind of unusual, very social media focused campaign. But what's now they've kind of changed their tone and what they've settled on, I think, is two things, two main lines of attack first You know, they're saying Fetterman is too sick from his stroke to be in the Senate. Oz's campaign releasing a
2: statement Tuesday that said if John Fetterman had ever eaten a vegetable in his life, then maybe he wouldn't have had a major stroke.
3: And then also Oz is really like he's been hammering Fetterman with ads. And this is not unique to Pennsylvania. We've seen this in a lot of other states, but hammering him with ads claiming that he's soft on crime.
0: John Fetterman wants to release convicted murderers from prison. We all know Fetterman loves free stuff. But we can't let him free murderers.
3: And also, I should say here, you know, Oz and Fetterman—they have not debated yet. They really haven't appeared together. Uh, but they do now have a debate on the calendar. That's October 25th.
0: How big a deal do you think it would be if Fetterman could defeat Dr. Oz, win a Senate seat, and help the Democrats potentially keep the Senate?
3: It would be significant, I think, if Fetterman were to win because he's the kind of candidate that Democrats haven't run very frequently and Pennsylvania just always is worth paying attention to because it really mirrors the country as a whole. And so I would say a Fetterman win, what that would show is twofold. First of all, his image is really different than most Democrats. He really does have this populist appeal. He's a guy, you know, tells it like it is, that he's not very stage managed. There's an idea that he's speaking from the heart. And if he wins, I think it shows that people really want that and resonate with that. And then Fetterman policy wise, I think this is even more important, he's been able to get away from this thing that the Democrats have felt kind of compelled to do, which is split the difference politically. He's been pretty uncompromising on issues he cares about. Again, labor, uh, prison reform, uh, legalizing recreational marijuana. There's really been no gray area in what he thinks on that stuff. And if he wins, I think, on issues like that, it shows Democrats what's possible, and it might provide a blueprint for capturing a coalition they have trouble with, working-class white voters who kind of left the party or started to leave the party under the Trump administration.
0: That was Katie Meyer, with Spotlight PA. It's a not-for-profit investigative newsroom. You can find her work at SpotlightPA.org. How much that stroke might slow down John Fetterman around the corner on Today Explained.
2: for today explain comes from how i built this which comes from Wondery. behind every successful business is a story some of them are in fact kind of surprising on the podcast how i built this host guy roz talks to founders behind the world's biggest companies to figure out how they did what they did for example Shobani's first yogurt factory you won't believe where it was discovered and the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand, Drunk Elephant, was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. It does. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt, failure, clarity, overcoming setbacks. How I Built This is all about innovation and creativity from some of the biggest names in the business. You can follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. And for more business content such as this, you can listen on Wondery, with shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more. Wondery means business. Support for Today Explained comes from Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile is so cheap that Mint Mobile knows you think there must be a catch. Mint Mobile says no, there is no catch. And for a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Speeds are slower above 40 gigabytes on an unlimited plan, and additional taxes, fees, and restrictions do apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
0: Today explained, we're back. John Fetterman has the potential to be this game changing candidate for the Democrats. His race could decide. Who gets to control the United States Senate? So his health, his post-stroke state, it really matters. So he sent our Philadelphia bureau chief, Miles Bryan, to check up on him. Miles? Yeah, so Fetterman was off the campaign trail
4: for months recovering from his stroke. He's only relatively recently been doing campaign events again, so... A couple weeks back, I left my house in Philly and drove a few hours north to Scranton, PA, to attend a Fetterman rally. Scranton?
0: What's he doing in Scranton?
4: Well, Scranton has sort of an outsized rep for a couple of reasons. Uh, the biggest one is still
0: probably because it's the setting of the Office.
2: They call it Scranton, what? The Electric <laughs> City. Scranton.
0: I've never what? seen show. the show. Electric
3: City. So
0: whenever we play clips, I get to learn a little bit about the Office.
4: Yeah, it's actually it's very popular. It's on Netflix. You should check it out. But politically, the Scranton area is known for being a bellwether. Hmm. Northeast Pennsylvania was a Democratic stronghold for decades. It's where Joe Biden was born. Right. But Trump and Republicans made big inroads there in 2016 and to a lesser extent in 2020. Hmm. And Fetterman's campaign slogan is every county, every vote. You know, like we just heard from Katie, he's really making a play to reach voters that other Democrats haven't or haven't. In years. And I wanted to see that in action. Okay. Um, and I also wanted to see just how much his stroke was affecting him and how that was landing with potential voters.
0: Yeah, I want to hear about that. Tell us what you
4: saw when you got to Scranton. So it was held in a big sports arena in Scranton. About a thousand people showed up. You get inside, and the soundtrack was extremely boomer political event. You know, a lot of Tom Petty bangers. <laughs> it starts with speeches from a couple of other Pennsylvania politicians. Then Fetterman's wife. Giselle takes the stage.
3: For those of you who don't know me, I'm Giselle Bahia-Fetterman, a proud advocate, a former dreamer, and the second lady of Pennsylvania, or I like to be known as Slop. (laughs) Slop. (laughs) Everyone is always afraid to call me that. They think they're going to offend me, but I love it. It's so funny.
4: (laughs) Giselle is a big part of Fetterman's political brand. She's extremely popular. You know, I talked to people who said they came out To see her just as much as they came out to see her husband.
0: Huh. She's she's the Michelle Obama to his Barack. Yeah. Okay. So once Slop got done talking, what did Fetterman have to say?
4: Well, he takes the stage in his signature black hoodie. Lots of applause.
1: Wow. Scrin. Scrin.
4: He sounds a little out of breath. Hey, can. Yeah, he just sounded off to me.
1: Can I ask you a favor? Can we hear this? Can we hear this loud enough so you know who can see that in New Jersey?
4: That's sort of Fetterman's go-to joke on the trail. But as you could hear in that audio, he's not getting it out quite as smoothly as he would like. And, you know, Katie told us that Fetterman's been recovering from a pretty serious stroke for a few months, and his campaign says he's doing really well and the sort of auditory processing issues he's having don't indicate any problems with his you know, cognition or, or thinking. But I was just surprised by how clear those issues still were in his speech.
1: Before Dr. Oz came in, whoever heard the word coup de craze ever in their life?
4: Coup
0: de craze?
4: He meant to say crudité.
0: Yeah. Did the audience notice that he was
4: off his game? You know, I was looking around and most people seemed totally unfazed. And then there was this moment in the speech where Fetterman addressed the effects of his stroke
1: head-on. So, let me ask you a very serious question, though. How many one of you in your own life have had a, a serious health challenge? Hands. Personally. Any of you? A lot of hands go up. How many of your parents, maybe? More hands. Your grandparents? Even more hands. Kids? At this point, everyone's hand is up. I'm so sorry to know that. I certainly, I certainly know. I genuinely hope that you don't have a doctor in your life making fun of that or telling you that you
0: aren't fit to serve or to work at your job, right? Hmm. So he's flipping it on Dr. Oz. You're making fun of someone who's gone through a serious health crisis. Did that resonate?
4: Yeah, it really, really did, um, and I heard as much so from voters. I talked to a couple of dozen people before the rally started, as they waited in line, and I asked all of them what they thought of Fetterman's stroke. Um, and let me play some tape. Here's Tom Gilmore. I had a heart attack. You know, I, I'm am still here. I'm still kicking. I think
1: I'm pretty functional and and with it. As long as as long as he's as long as he's healing and he's going to get back to ninety percent. I'll take ninety percent over Oz
4: any day. Now Tom's a Democrat, but I heard essentially the same thing from the independents and Republicans I talked to too. Here's Gary Thomas. He's a Trump voter who was weighing whether to vote for Fetterman or Oz in November. So what do you think of John Fetterman?
3: I like I like the way he dresses because he's not he don't he don't act like a politician in a monkey suit.
4: Fetterman had a stroke a couple months ago. It's you know been in the news a lot. What do you think about that? Does it does it influence your opinion?
3: No, I had a heart attacks in the past, so it don't matter. Uh, you're capable of doing it. You got a brain. Just don't let the stress get to you and take blood thinners or like a baby aspirin and keep it going.
4: And I got to tell you, Sean, like a dozen other people brought up health challenges they'd had or someone in their family had had when I asked them about Fetterman's stroke. America is a very sick country and Fetterman's health problems seem to actually add to the image he's cultivating as a normal person. I wonder if it's just
0: that Fetterman's established image that goes back to, you know, Braddock overpowers any health difficulties he's had. It sounds like from that last, you know, Trump supporter you spoke to that it does. Yeah, I think that image that
4: he's cultivated of himself is really powerful and durable in in voters' minds. Okay, three words come to your mind when I say Fetterman. Iconoclast, outsider, and larger-than-life personality.
1: Uh, Salt of the earth, um, an ally, and tall.
0: (laughs) We think he's a down-to-earth guy. He's a Pennsylvania guy. He just seems like a down-to-earth guy. Why do you like him? Down-to-earth.
2: He's down-to-earth. He takes no crap. He's... Says it like it is.
1: Pennsylvania guy down to earth, salt of the earth. Well said.
2: I really like him as a person, not just for the politics. I mean, I think he could go to Washington and kick, kick their ass.
0: Salt of the earth. <laughs> it sounds like a whole lot of people who have no idea this guy went to Harvard.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably obvious at this point. But what struck me is that Fetterman's appeal is so much deeper than his policies. In fact, a lot of voters I talked to didn't bring up any of his policies. They just brought up what you heard. And to be honest, it sort of reminded me of how voters talked about Trump. Mm. You know, I I covered a President Trump speech in Scranton uh, in 2020, and I heard similar things from voters. They were excited about this earthy outsider who could physically dominate his opponents in Washington. Here's Mike. He's, he's one more Fetterman voter. He didn't want to give me his last name. You know, why do you like
0: Fetterman? Um, I think he breaks a lot of the stereotypes. I think one of the things that Republicans like to use against Democrats is that we'll, we're, we're going to get trampled over sort of the weak, I think, stereotype comes to mind. He totally breaks that.
4: Mm. So even after a stroke, Fetterman's biker guy vibe remains dominant for people like Mike. But that might not be enough to win. Fetterman has been leading in the polls for the whole race. But in the last couple of weeks, Oz has narrowed that gap. Analysts say Dr. Oz's attack ads that hammer Fetterman for being quote-unquote soft on crime are working. As of this week, the race is basically a toss-up.
0: Miles Bryan, Philadelphia bureau chief at Today Explained, he thought The Office was on Netflix but apparently it's not anymore. I guess I'll never know how good it is. Our program today was edited by Matthew Collette, fact-checked by Laura Bullard and engineered by Afim Shapiro and Christian Ayala and Paul Robert Mounsey. The rest of the team includes Victoria Chamberlain, Halima Shah, Siona Petros, Amanda Llewellyn, Avishai Artsi, Hadi Mawagdi, and Noel King, Abvi. Extra help this week from Jillian Weinberger. Our audio fellow is Tori Dominguez, and our supervising producer is Amina Sadi. We use music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Noam Hassenfeld. We're on the radio in partnership with WNYC. We're a podcast that's a part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, and no podcast Monday on account of Indigenous Peoples Day back in thine feeds Tuesday with more Today Explained.
1: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts.